Good morning. I'm grateful for the, the weather. That's, that's going to be a much better picnic than if it were raining. So thank you, God, for the weather. Really glad you're here. We're going to continue the series that I started on Easter called The Revolutionary Road. And we're looking at the different parts of a statement that Jesus made. He was at one point trying to comfort his disciples because he was about to leave the earth. And in trying to comfort them, he was describing, they actually began to realize, you know what? He, he may not last long. He may not live uh, very much longer because there's mounting opposition against him and people were trying to take his life or were threatened by the power base he was building, uh, which is really not what he was about, but they were threatened by it anyway. And so he, he described to the disciples that he was going to his father's house and he's going to build a room for them. And he, he just kind of said, we, you know, you guys know the way that I'm going. You know, you know the way to get there. And Thomas, who's been accused of being a doubter, who's actually just an honest guy, I think, said, no, you know, I, I don't really know where you're going, and, and I don't know how to get there. Lord, how do we know the way? And then Jesus answered with this statement. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We looked at Easter, we looked at how to verify that he's the only way to God. How do you investigate that? How do you check that out? What are some things to look at and to try to get your hands around whether or not Jesus is really who he said he is? And so we looked at that on Easter. Now we're going to look at each of these statements. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. What, what do those mean? And, and what is he saying? And today, we're going to look at how Jesus is the way. The way, the word that it was originally written in Greek, the word literally means road. So he's saying, I am the road. That's why we're looking at the revolutionary road. And he is the road to both eternal life. Those who choose to follow him will follow him on, you know, into eternity. You're given eternal life. The moment you turn around from going your own way to go his way, and then he's the road to the best kind of life in the here and now, the, the life to the full, the best possible life that we can have. And his road is revolutionary because it always involves a turnaround. That's the revolution. The word has a Latin root, revolutio. It means to turn around. So it, it always involves a turnaround from going our own way to going God's way. I, I make a complete 180. And whereas prior to my relationship with God through Christ, I was heading my own way, living life independent of God, really in rebellion of him. But when I decide to follow him, it's a decisive turnaround to follow him. And person after person has turned around since Jesus lived and died and was raised. They've made this 180. They've, they've had this revolution in their life. One of the most famous turnarounds was a man named Paul who happened to write two-thirds of the New Testament. And I mentioned this on Easter, how he was a guy who was hunting down Christians to try to squash the Christian movement. He was taking them out. He was putting them in prison. He was beating them. He was having them executed. And so uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, 
had one of these amazing turnarounds. And we have a, a saying, you know, a Damascus Road experience. That's in the church I grew up in, they would refer to a Damascus Road experience. That means you've had this encounter with God and your life has completely changed because of the encounter with, with uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he had, he's, this is the first Damascus Road experience. He was on his way to Damascus, and he was going to find Christians, take them out. And then he met Christ, did a complete turnaround, and began to follow him. And then he, it made the first few groups of Christians that he went to talk to, made them a little nervous because they knew what he did prior. But he made a complete turnaround, began to love people, serve them. Well, this is what he says. This is a statement he made, and we looked at it a couple weeks ago. For the love of Christ controls us, 2 Corinthians 5.14. He's describing why he does, why he made this turnaround, why he loves people and ministers to them the way he does. He says, we do it because the love of Christ controls us. We are convinced that one has died for all, therefore all have died. This is the core of Jesus' way. We're looking at his road. His, his way is love. And when you come to know him, he, he steps into your heart and life. His spirit fills you, and his love begins to lead you. He leads you in love in a certain direction. Love and faith. We're going to look at those two things today. Those are two major characteristics of what it means to follow Christ on this road. Now, to get on the road, it's always a voluntary yet very decisive decision. It's an action. It's a decisive action where you decide to turn around. We're going to look at that later on as well. But one thing about Jesus' way, it's upside down to the world at large, completely upside down. There's a picture on the front of your program, the, the program that you're handed on the way in, and it shows a city right side up, and then another city upside down. That's, that's because following Christ is completely upside down to the world at large that we live in and our native reflexes. And, you know, there's bright blue sky on the upside-down city. And, and that's because as you turn around, Jesus really does lead you in a very uh, counterintuitive path to the best kind of life that you can have. This, this, that's a picture of what we're talking about. Uh, it's like the Poseidon Adventure. I don't know if you saw the Poseidon Adventure. At the beginning of the movie, the ship flips up, upside down. And so people are trying to make their way to safety and freedom to the bottom of the boat. So the rest of the picture, you're watching these people, and, and everything's upside down, and they're trying to get to safety and, and rescue by going to the bottom of the boat, but it's, everything's upside down. Well, that's what the way of Christ looks like to the world around us, those of us who are following Christ. It looks upside down. It doesn't necessarily makes sense it's like learning to do something and then to our hearts it's the same way it's like learning to do something with the wrong hand or you know if you're a basketball player it's important to learn how to to dribble with your wrong hand or to do a layup with your wrong hand and it just doesn't sometimes it just 
it's upside down. It's it's backwards. It's it doesn't feel right. Well, that's to our own hearts and to the world around us. That's what Jesus' way looks like. And he said something about that in Luke sixteen fifteen. What is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. So it's flipped upside down. Following Jesus is is a challenge because it's so upside down from what is normal to us and the ways of the world that we we live in. The world's way is built around getting what we want. It's it's around it's built around gratifying our appetites, sex, food, drink, power, being and getting cool things. It's important in the world. You know, we we want to be cool. Especially when you're young, but I think that that extrapolates. I'd prefer to be cool. You know, I, I'd prefer to be cool. When you decide to follow Jesus, you have to you have to determine how important cool is going to be, though. And and you find out that cool, well, it's 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 cool. <laughs> you know, you grow up, you get a job, you go to work, and your boss doesn't really care if you're cool or not. Your boss wants you to do your job, and so you you begin to realize cool's important but it's a very high value in our world whatever you do you need to do it with style and you need to have a certain car so you can arrive in style and it gives you status and a ranking above the other people that's that's the world's way and my own heart there's stuff in my heart and your heart that really line up with the world's way of thinking man we're drawn to that we like getting our way we like feeling good and, and, you know, being important, getting stuff that gives us the status that we want. It's very easy to get trapped by this and waste your life because you realize those things aren't that important. Coolness, having stuff, you know, stuff wears out. And after you get the newest thing, you need the next newest thing. And then the next thing. And so you get on a merry-go-round and you're chasing these things, and you're going round and round and round and wasting your life doing it. So that's the world's way. God's value system is built around love, a loving sacrifice for the good of others. And here's the kicker. Even if they don't love you in return, that's Jesus' way. And that feels like it's directly headed toward the bottom of the ship. It's so upside down from our normal way of thinking. It's not based on feeling at all, but because of the love of God, those of us who follow Christ step out to love the people around us. Jesus' way is very different from the world around us and even our own native way of thinking and acting. But it's the only way to really live, and we're going to talk about that. Love is at the heart of Jesus' way. It's at the very core of this road. It's the center stripe down the road that keeps us oriented. First um, John three sixteen through eighteen says this: This is how we know what love is. This is the picture and the definition of real love. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, How can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and truth. 
Look at the heart of Jesus' kind of love. It lays down its life for, for his friends. His love. He laid down his life for us. It's sacrificial and action-oriented. So to love his way, to follow him along this way, means that when you get up in the morning and go to breakfast with your family, your goal is to love, to look at their needs, to try to encourage them, to get them ready for the day, whatever it takes. When you go to work, same thing. To, to love in a sacrificial way and, and in a way that as you see needs, you do something about it. There's action. You're, you're doing something. You're, you're responding. You're doing what you can to meet the needs of those around you. Now, our hearts see that and think, what? Say what? I can't really do that very good. I'm old. You know, I know, I know there's a cool way. You know, say what? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying. Okay, I'm trying. But, you know, that's what our hearts do when they see this. Oh, my, you know, I step into a situation, say what? Okay, I'm getting, am I getting better? I apologize for that outburst. Um, but anyway, that's what our hearts do. You're kidding me. I, this is what it means to love. I, I go into a situation and I lay down my life. I don't expect people to treat me in a certain way, but I, I set my heart on treating them in a loving way, showing them the care and concern that uh, I would want to have in that situation. That's what our hearts say when we read this. So it's, it's upside down. Jesus is the ultimate example of God's love. First John 4, 9. God showed how much he demonstrated. He showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through, through him. Here's a look at Jesus' way. Before we loved him, before we loved God, God loved us. He took the initiative to love us. Now, I know you're probably like me. Good chance. I like a guarantee. If I'm going to love, I want to be loved back. If I'm going to do something, I want, I want a, a guarantee, a satisfaction guaranteed. I want to be able to take it back if I don't get the satisfaction I want. If I don't receive in return what I'm expecting for the effort I put in, God's not like that. God, God pursued us even when we were running away from him. And he pursues us even still. He, he takes the initiative to show his love to us. First John 4.19, we love because he first loved us. Out of kindness, God loved us. Before we loved him. And this is Jesus' way. Here's a description of his way. Philippians 2, 6 and 7. Uh, talking about Jesus. It says, Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Something to hold tight, to squeeze, to hold on to. But he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Now, we don't want to be the servant. We want to be served. You know, we, we go to, we, 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 we try to make money so that we can hire people to do the things that we really don't want to do. But Jesus' way is, is upside down. 
He's, he takes the very nature of a servant. He lets go of his power and position, his rightful throne in heaven, and steps into our world and takes the very nature of a servant. That's Jesus' way. And here, here's another kicker. Philippians 2.5 says our attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. We should have the same attitude. This is the kind of love that God wants his followers to show. And here's another thing about his love. Before we loved him, God made a personal sacrifice. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were running as fast as we can the opposite direction, God died for us. He, he paid the price for our sins so that we could have a relationship with him through Jesus Christ. We test the waters. This is the way we normally do it. We test the waters. And if love is returned, then we continue to love. It's not how it is with God. That's not Jesus' way. It's not what Jesus did. God's love flows out of him, who he is, out of his character. It flows and it isn't dependent on our response. It isn't swayed by a lack of response. But he keeps taking initiative to connect with us, to love us, to work with us, and to change us into the people that he made us to be. 1 John 4, 10 says, This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. This is a description of God's love for us. It's a love that takes the initiative to personally sacrifice for the good of others, even if that other doesn't return the love. That's upside down. It makes perfect sense to love someone who loves you back, and if, if they don't love you back, forget them. That's what makes sense. But God's love is the opposite. Continues, He continues to pursue. God and Jesus has shown us a very different way. This road that we get on when we decide to follow him is very different. And this Action-oriented love, it's supreme. This love and action. If you're ranking his values, what's more important than what? Love is at the top. 1 Corinthians 13 says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Nothing at all. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So here it is. This is, this is the core of this road that Jesus leads us on. It doesn't matter. You can, you can be a martyr, but if, you, if you're not showing love, then it's not the greatest thing. It's, it's, love is the highest value to God, more than our abilities, more than our gifting, our talents, more, more than anything. He wants us to show this kind of love. Jesus' followers show the same kind of love that God has shown to us. Love is his way. When he says, I am the way, 
He is the way of love. First John 4, 11 through 12 says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Now, this is what's going on. If you've decided to follow Christ, you have a major role of expressing God's love to the people around you. This is your role, and it gives tremendous amount of meaning to your life. You get up in the morning, and there's a reason. You have a reason to treat your family rightly, to show love and concern to them, because God has given you a role in your world to be a full expression of his love to the people around you. You get up, you go to work. You know, you've got stuff to do. You've got a long to-do list. Maybe you're, you're, you're in school. You've got a lot, uh, you know, to take care of. You've got that list. But as you do that, God has given you the purpose of being a full expression of his love. It's, it shows up in us as we treat each other right, as we show the love that he wants to show. In following Christ, we have to develop a very different set of reflexes around the family, at work, in church life, in the neighborhood, in the city. You know, we, we have a role in this city as a church to be a full expression of God's love. That's why we you know, look for ways to serve the city. That's why we served with Pacific Lifeline in different ways. We, we're trying to, to love the people around us. Jesus' love is a love that shows up in practical ways as we see needs. In the, in the first century, the church that grew up in Alexandria, um, in that culture, if a family didn't want a baby, they would put the baby on the street. But the Christian women who could still nurse would pick the babies up and nurse them and keep them alive and raise them. That's, that's the kind of love. It's a love that kicks into action. As you see needs, the needs that you can meet. There's, there, this is the kind of love that God, God saw our need. We were separated from him by our rebellion. We had run the exact opposite away from him. He saw that need. He stepped into history in the person of Jesus Christ to show us how much he loved us, to pay the price for our rebellion and to bring us into a relationship with him. God's love, Jesus' way, is a love that kicks into action when it sees needs. We don't just let them go. We meet the needs that we can. Here are some specifics to this kind of love. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Somebody asked him what the greatest commandment was. And he said, first greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is in Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Don't love your neighbor as your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's assumed that you love yourself, and we do. We all do. Whether we're happy with ourselves, whether we're disappointed in ourselves, we still love ourselves. And he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Here's the definition of neighbor. The people right around you right now. The person right in front of you. That's, that's your neighbor. We're to love them. 
Again, this is number one in God's value system. Love God, love people. And then he says, do to others what you would have them do for you. Matthew seven twelve. Um, in your approach to people, natively, we're going to want to demand or expect that they treat us a certain way. But as we follow Jesus' way, we approach people and we think, in this circumstance, in this conversation, in this situation, how would I want to be treated? So we do that in our marriages, in, in our, we, we try to do it when we don't. We get it right, try to straighten it out. But we do that in marriage. If we're following Jesus, this is what we do. This is the way we treat our kids. This is the way we treat our parents, our co-workers, our, our friends. This, this is a turnaround from our native way of going about life. Our native approach is to try to get what we want from the people around us. And if they don't give us what we think we need, we're done. We hit a point when we're done. That's not Jesus' way. Jesus' way is to keep taking the initiative to meet needs and to love and to serve the people around. We tend to get in an adversarial posture to sort of extract out of the people around us what we think we need. So this is Jesus' way. This is the way he said to live. Now, the question comes up, if I'm going to love like this, who's going to take care of me? Who's going to look out for me? If I'm, if I'm looking to the interests of others and I'm serving and I'm laying down my life, who, who's going to watch out for me? And the answer is God. But you have to trust him to do that every time. You do one of those turnarounds. You, you get up, you go to go to breakfast with the family, and you're at the table, and you're you know you'd like a little respect or whatever it is you think you need. You have to do a turnaround. You have to say, okay, I'm not going to make a big deal out of what I want, but I'm going to really try to figure out what's going on with my husband or my wife or my kids, and I'm going to try to give them what they need. The moment that you make that turnaround and you say, okay, I'm not going to, look to worry about me. I'm going to focus on them. You've got to trust God. That's a, that's an, that's a step of faith. That's, that's love that takes action, trusting God to meet your deepest needs. Faith gets us on the road and keeps us on this way, this road. We have to trust God. To take care of us. 2 Corinthians 5 7 says, We walk by faith and not by sight. That's upside down. We're in a world where we want to respond based on the data. What's the data say? What's, what's, what's going on here? What can I see? And how can I respond? That's, that's normal to us. But when you follow Jesus, you live by faith, not by sight. And it, it, it's a choice every time. We see a need and, and face a circumstance. We have a choice to either fall back on our own ways or to walk by faith and trust God to meet our needs. To choose, choose faith means that we live Jesus' way and we trust him to take care of us. And that's love and faith go together in this way because the kind of love we're showing is uh, really... Upside down, backward, 
to our native instincts and our reflexes. To get on the road also takes, it's a decisive step. It's, it's a decisive turnaround. Uh, in our growth group, we, we, we looked a couple weeks ago at uh, Elisha, who was a prophet in the Old Testament, and he became Elijah's understudy. And when God called Elisha to, to follow him, into the ministry that he was to have. It was interesting what he did. Um, he, he was a farmer, and so he had a plow and some oxen. And he burned his plow, and he cooked the oxen, and he had a barbecue with his family before he left. That's a decisive step to get on the road. And that's what it takes. You have to be convinced of the love of Christ, the love of God, to the point where you're willing to make, you're willing to burn the plow, barbecue the oxen, and then step out to do what God has called you to do. That's what it means to follow Christ. In in Mark 1, uh, Jesus came along and called Peter and Andrew and James and John some fishermen to follow him. And you get the picture that out of the blue, Jesus shows up and says, follow me. And they just follow him. But they knew him. They, they knew what he was about. So when he, he came to them, Peter and Andrew, it says, they left their nets. They, they laid down their occupation and they followed him. James and John, they left their father who was working with them, Zebedee. Je- following Jesus, it's a decisive step. He becomes the number one priority in your life. And as you make that, he, he, you get on the road when you make that decision to turn around and go his way. You have eternal life, and he begins to lead you on the best way. But it feels like you're, you're making your way to the bottom of the boat. It looks to the world like you're making your way to the bottom of the boat. But as you take step after step, to love the people around you, to trust God to meet your needs, life gets good on the inside. And it begins to show up on your outside as you follow God and and make this decisive step to please Him. When, When you have that kind of faith and you're willing to do that, you're ready to follow Jesus on the road to somewhere. To the world around you, it looks like the road to nowhere. Because it's so opposite of the values that you see. But as we live this love, we're expressing the love of God to the people around us. We're fulfilling our very purpose in life. And even the littlest acts of kindness take on meaning as we set out to follow the God who loves us. Uh, We're going to receive our offering in a few minutes. I'd like to ask you, if you would, to uh, take out your connection card. And hopefully you filled that out. And I'd like to give you some ways to respond, just a couple of ways to respond to the message this morning. Uh, Here are some next steps that you could take. One of those, for the very first time, I'm deciding to follow Christ as Lord. Maybe you've been investigating, you've been checking it out. I've described the core of what it means to follow him. And you're ready to take that step of following Christ, that decisive step to Leave it all behind and and go his way. 
let us know about that and drop it in the offering when it comes by. And then another step would be, today I will take the initiative to show God's love to the people around me. And hey, try that. You know, and I know many of you have already been working on this, showing love to the people around you. But today, as I deal with the situations that I'm facing, I'm going to look for a need that I can meet. I'm going to step out and take action to meet it. That's another step you could take. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for, I, I thank you for your love and your kindness, your patience with me. I am so grateful that you are a God who loves even before we love you. You took initiative. You made a sacrifice so that we could even have a relationship with you, so we could know you. Thank, for, thank you for what you've done. And I, I ask you, Lord, that as we, you've laid on our hearts different things, and I'm sure as, as we looked at your word, you always use it to instruct us and teach us and guide us. As things have come to mind, Lord, I pray that you'd give us the power to take that step to follow you in in these ways. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.